Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. Man and woman, both are essential to the, the great commission that Jesus has all put upon us and called us to fulfill. Peter's like, you husbands, honor your wives. Live with her in an understanding way. She might be weaker than you, but you got to see her as your equal partner in God. In this, this, this new life that we have. And he goes on to say the, re- the rest of that. Treat her as you should, so your prayers will not be hindered. Are you searching for your role in the Great Commission? As Christians, we're all called to share the love of Christ with the world. And in today's message, Pastor James talks about how both men and women have an equal part in fulfilling that mission. Throughout history, women have played a vital role in spreading the gospel. From Mary Magdalene to Corrie ten Boom, women have been leaders and influencers in the church. Men are called to lead their families in faith and to be examples of Christ. Now here's Pastor James in the book of 1 Peter chapter 3 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. Throughout the whole journey, though, this beautiful Sarah who would align herself under the headship of Abraham and not always in the, the brightest moments, there was a few times where he's like, she's my, she's my sister. Please don't kill me. She's my sister. And she's like, dude, I'm like, what? He did that. But she still was, and it jeopardized her life. But she still was submissive to Abraham because I think at the heart of Sarah, who is a beautiful woman, and what makes her beautiful? Well, number one, she probably was physically attractive because you had rulers who were like, that lady looks nice. And she was older too, right? They were like, she looks good because that's why they wanted to take her. But she was beautiful on the inside through her devotion to God and her just following Abraham. And what a beautiful example, what an amazing example she is. And that's all Peter's saying. He's like, just think about Sarah. She followed that guy. And, and Abraham's a hero, Right. But he didn't always make the right decisions. But she still stuck with him. And he's like, that's your, that's your model. That's your example. Will he always get it right? He probably, won't always, he probably won't get it right. But that's between him and the Lord. He will have to deal with that and answer to God concerning that. You get to just, hey, yeah, where are we going, Abraham? Let's go. Let's go. And Abraham did have to answer to some of those things. Because God was going to keep... God was going to hold him accountable for some of those actions. So that's like for the wives. Paul goes into other details in Ephesians chapter 5, which kind of parallels this in a, in a beautiful way. I would encourage you to read Ephesians chapter 5. It's one of the coolest chapters for sure concerning marriage and all that good stuff. But Peter lays this out for, for, for the ladies. He's like, look, submit to your husband, align yourself underneath his authority, his leadership, and all that good stuff. Submit to your husbands. And even if he's not a believer, you submit to your husbands, okay? And and really what you could insert there, I'm not adding anything to the word at all, but what in other passages would be part of that would be as unto the Lord kind of a thing. Last little thing on for you wives, what I would want you to, what you can underline and highlight is submit to your husband, your husband, Okay, 
So you don't have to submit to all husbands. You submit to your husband, right? Because even in the, the Western world, we, we kind of, there was a weird time where dudes thought that they could just boss any lady around. You're, supposed to, you're a woman, you're supposed to submit. That's garbage, right? Like that's not what we're talking about. And even in the corporate submission thing, that's not what that's talking about. You just have like an ego problem and you're trying to domineer on people. So ladies, if you have a husband, you align yourself underneath your husband. Your husband, okay? Now for the guys. Verse seven, in the same way. Okay, so continue on with this idea of thought process of submission and all that good stuff. In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. I, it's, this is hard for us to process as Westerners living in 2022. 20, is that what we're still in? Is it that still the year? Okay, I have no idea anymore. Honor your wives. When this letter was written, this would have been like a, a, you know, a bucket of cold water just thrown onto a dude, onto a guy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Honor, honor my wife? Honor a woman? Well, we don't do that here. We don't do that within our cultural context. He was like, I don't care. I don't care. If you're a Christian, you will do this. Why? Because women are deserving of honor as well. Because Jesus actually likes women, and he places them on the same level as guys, right? We know this in the body of Christ. There's neither Jew nor Gentile, male nor female. What he's saying there, he's like, God's like, you're my kids. And he's like, yeah, husbands, you may be the head of the household, but that doesn't mean you're more important than a woman, okay? There might be more responsibilities thrown onto your shoulders and all that good stuff. That's fine. That's how the Lord has set that up. But what he's commanding, so to speak, for the husbands is to honor their wives. And again, this was so countercultural because in, in this time, in a Roman-led nation, so to speak, the, the marriage norm of the Romans was to have your wife who gave birth to your kids, Right? Have your side piece. This is the lady that you had fun with on the side. But then you also would have another woman in your life who is more of your, your best bud. And this was allowable then. This was almost expected if you were a Roman. You know, uh, devotion and commitment to one woman was not the norm. Now, there were marriages in Roman times that that were, you know, completely committed to each other and all that good stuff. But the, the, the social norm of that day was to like, well, yeah, you got her, but she's just there to have babies for you and to cook and clean for you. Then this other one, well, she's for fun. You know, you get to do all the other stuff with her. And then, and then yeah, you can have your, you know, your best bud at, you know, whatever. But Peter comes along, he's like, no, you better honor your, your wife. You better honor your wife. You got to give her honor. You need to show her honor. Why? Because she's created in the image of God. Because if your wife, in the assumption of this text, if she's, a, if, if she's a Christian, then she's a daughter of the king. And if anything, we as dads of daughters would know, you better not mess with my daughter. You better not mess with my daughter. 
Well, don't you think that the Lord feels the same way? You better not mess with my girls. And I think we as Christian men need to realize that and live within that reality. That if we, and, and especially if you're thinking down the road of getting married and all that stuff, and, and you're maybe attracted to a female, look, it, she's a believer, man. She, that's, that's his daughter. And any dude who maybe had be interested in any of my daughters, well, there's like, you know, don't mess with my daughters. And I can only go so far with that threat. But God Almighty, don't mess with his daughter. Honor her. Show her respect. Treat her as what? An equal. As a human being. Because again, culturally, women were not on the same level as men back then. They were not. And some cultures had it, you know, they were a little bit better at it than others. But by and large, women were just not shown honor at all. At all. Your opinion didn't matter. What you thought didn't matter. And here's God messing up everything. He's like, hey, husbands, you need to honor your wives. You need to honor your wives. Well, how do we honor our wives? He goes on to explain that for us. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. Then you're like, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, because you just asked the impossible, right? Um, like, I... Wait a minute. Live with your wife in an understanding way, right? As your translation may say. Like, well, who can understand women, right? God, that's mostly guys are like, what? Like, I don't, I don't, I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, hey, don't worry, guys. Uh, I did a bunch of research this past week when I was in Indianapolis, and there are lots of websites that will help you to understand women better. Unfortunately, there's not many of them are all that good or helpful. As I'm reading through them, I'm like, well, duh. I'm like, no, no, I need good practical stuff. But there are some ways you can live with your wife in an understanding way, okay, in an honorable way. Part of that is give her some of your time and attention. Give her your time and attention. Be sympathetic. Be compassionate. Listen. Here's the the problem for you ladies, just so you understand. Most guys were fixers. We, we solve problems, or we like to think we do, right? We like to think we do. Like we solve problems, right? You need something done, we will get that done, right? You got a problem, you're coming to you with a problem, we'll fix it. I got a solution already. You, I don't even have to listen to the rest of what you're saying. I got a solution. I got a problem. I got it. Just, li- just let me handle it, right? That's what's wrong with us. And that is exactly where we go. And you know what? I... I'm sorry for that, but this is what you have to deal with, okay? And I would assume your husband is probably the same way, or your future husbands may be the same way. For us guys, though, we have to learn to shut that off. You have to learn to shut that off. We need to learn to be able to, to go and just listen. Show her honor by listening to her. Show her honor by asking your wife questions. I'm not good at this. I'm not standing up here proclaiming that I do all these things. My wife is sitting right there. I would never lie in front of her face. Um, I don't don't do these things well at all, at all. But I want to get better at them. Why? Because I want to live with my wife in an understanding way. We've been married for 21 years. And I'm still growing in that understanding of, of who she is. And I want to keep growing in that understanding 
which means I have to actually apply some of this stuff to my life, which also is, comes into conflict with how sometimes, you know, work is difficult, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to hear another thing, right? You can sympathize with that. But God has also called us to die to ourselves. And so there's this battle, and it's not natural, it's not easy, I'm not... You know, I'm not here to, to present it as it's some sort of, well, just get over and just do it. it it's a struggle. And that's where it's, it's, it's not natural. It, it has to be supernatural. And, and I think sometimes what we don't get is, I can speak for myself. Coming here on Sunday mornings and Thursdays, I do my best to like, Lord, please fill me. Holy Spirit, please fill me. Please empower me to help me to say what I need to say to do what I need to do, to answer my calling like you've called me to do. I, I'm really, I don't want, it's, this isn't bragging, but I, I'm, I'm really purposeful in that. Very purposeful in that, okay? My problem is I don't do that going home. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, and guys can get like that where we're, if we're going towards like ministry type stuff, it's like, okay, I got to get geared up. But the ministry happens in the house, and the disconnect for me, personally, this is just for me, I, I don't do that going home. Why don't I do that going home? Why, why isn't that prayer prayed when I go home? Like, Holy Spirit, please fill me. Give me the words I need to say. Give me ears to hear what others are trying to express or how to minister to my family in a way that they need to be ministered to. I have no problem owning up to that because I'm just a guy. Still learning just like you're still learning. But I want to get better at it. That's the thing. And that may be your struggle. That may be your battle. My job is to not only to encourage myself, but to encourage you to let's get better at living with our wives in an understanding way as men. Pray those prayers before you go home from work. Holy Spirit, please fill me. Empower me. Help me to be a minister at my house, at my house to my family. He says, you live with your wife in an understanding way as you live together. It says, she may be weaker than you. Oh, no, no, you didn't. I didn't. Actually, the Bible did. Um, and let me clarify, please, uh, before you storm out of here. No, nobody's going to do that. Um, no, look, this is a beautiful thing. This is absolutely beautiful. When he says, uh, or the woman as a, as a weaker vessel, okay, is kind of what, it, what it's saying there. My pastor from Amarillo, Bill Gim, would illustrate it like this. Men are mason jars, jelly jars is what he, you can throw those things around like they're almost indestructible, right? I mean, yeah, yeah they can break, but it takes a lot, right? Because like, in, in the, the illustration is like, women are like those like fine china. Both are absolutely essential and serve a purpose. One is delicate, actually one is value-wise this one is probably more valuable than that one, but we're not talking about that. Guys, you are valuable. I hope I'm not hurting your feelings. Probably not, because you're like, what are feelings? We'll talk about that another time. You're like, yeah, I'm a mason jar. Yeah, you are a mason jar. But they, they serve two different purposes in, in one sense. But it's not that like you're weaker in that you're less valuable. That's not at all. What, he's not speaking of value at all. He's just saying that the way that you were created is different than a guy. And please, can we please hear more of that? in our day of confusion? The way that you're created, you were created that way purposefully. And God knew exactly what he was doing. 
And he made you. And if, if you're a woman, he made you as a woman. And you should never feel bad about that. And you should not take this as like some sort of slight because it's not actually. It's a compliment. And for you guys, but this is how husbands ought to process this of like, you can't deal with your wife like you would deal with your, with your buddies. Okay? Like there has to be a little bit of a difference there. But you, you have this mindset, you have this understanding. She, she may be weaker than you, than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Like God has brought you guys together. So treat her with honor, treat her with respect, live with her in an understanding way. Why? Because she's your partner. How are you going to make it through this life? I mean, God has placed somebody, and this is speaking to, if you're, if you're married, you, can, you need to come to that, that realization that you have somebody, hopefully, in your life, and they're, they're a born-again believer, and, but God has brought you guys together to, to, not just to make it through this life, but to be on mission together through this life. We got to see each other as partners within this thing. Right? You're not just dragging that person along with you. No, they're, they're with you on this mission. And that's how we have to view each other. Both of you are essential to the cause. Man and woman, both are essential to the, the great commission that Jesus has all put upon us and called us to fulfill. Peter's like, you husbands, honor your wives. Live with her in an understanding way. She might be weaker than you, but you got to see her as your equal partner in God. In this, this, this new life that we have. And he goes on to say the, re- the rest of that. Treat her as you should, so your prayers will not be hindered. So let's talk about that for a second. You as a husband, Christ follower, born again believer, Christian, whatever you want to say. You're praying about things. I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. God's not answering, God's not answering, God's not answering. Question, how are you treating your wife? How are you treating your wife? It's a fair question to ask. Within the context of this little portion of scripture, he's like, Peter says, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, treat her as you should, so your prayers will not be hindered. That's a gut check. Like, man, God's just not answering my prayers. How are you treating your wife? Maybe that's why. Maybe he's not answering your prayers. Maybe because you're treating his daughter like somebody who is lesser than you. Maybe you're not giving your wife the honor that she deserves. Maybe God's hindering your prayers because of that. You're not going to hear much of that from your name, mate, and claim it, friends, are you? Maybe God's not answering some of our, our prayers as husbands because we're not doing our part with the precious gift that he has given us and that of a, of a wife. That might be a smart place for you to go to as you process this and you think through that and you think back through like, I've been praying all this stuff and he's just not answering me. A smart thing to do would be start there. How's your marriage? How's your marriage? Are you honoring your wife? Are you honoring your wife? Because if you're not, then why, why should he answer your prayer? Well, he has to. Seems like you have to 
honor his word. And this isn't like, well, if I do this, then I'll get this. We miss the relationship aspect if that's where we come to. Because we're talking about people. We're talking about human beings who are deserving of honor and dignity. If you're treating your wife like some sort of like lesser person, like I'm the spiritual leader, just sit over there and be quiet. I'm the man. I'll do all this stuff. All right, God, here's my prayer request. And God's like, I ain't listening to you. I ain't going to listen to you. Why? You're a jerk. <laughs> Treat her with respect. Like, I mean, when I see this, and I, I get it, like we can go in all sorts of directions with it, but when I see this thing, man, what, what communicates to me is just the heart of God for his people and for his daughters to be valued, to be cherished, to be loved. Because again, remember, we're talking about the family unit between husbands and wives. And, and, and Peter calls the wives, submit to your husbands. Submit to your husbands. And then he tells the husbands, he's like, just, you need to love your wife. You need to honor your wife. Live with her in an understanding way. And again, that means that you, you, you'll never have your wife figured out. You will never, yeah, I'm getting some, yes, some amens for that. We're not an amen church. I don't know why, but we're not. But I, I see it in your eyes. You're like, mm, yes, you can say it. It's okay. I don't want you to explode, right? Like, yeah, you will never understand your wife fully. But that is no excuse. Thank you, John. That is no excuse to stop studying her, right? Life's going to throw many different curveballs at each and every one of us. So for us guys, it would be very smart and very wise for us to purposely pursue our wives. You remember what it was like before you got married, right? I mean, please tell me you pursued your wife to a certain degree, right? You found her physically attractive, I'm sure, right? Unless you have like an arranged marriage. I don't think any of those are here today, but that's... So you probably had some sort of choice within the matter. And some, whatever your story is, she's walking by, she caught your eye, there she is, right? So you, you, you purpose within your heart to pursue her. The problem is, is that you caught her. And then you're like, I'll set this trophy on the shelf and I'll never pursue her again because I want her. No, 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 no. That's not how it works in Christianity. We continually pursue our wives. It's how it ought to be. It's how it ought to be. Now, easier said than done. But that, I think that's another way of, because if you look at the text and, and Peter has to address this thing with the women, you're, you're dressing yourself up. Lots of makeup, lots of jewelry, hairstyles. Why? Why? Could it be that they're like, I just want him to pursue me? Because he stopped pursuing me. Maybe a way to honor your wife is just to pursue your wife. Like that she matters. You still find her attractive. She still has captured your heart each and every day. You're like captivated by her. That's a great way to, that's a great place to start in one sense is pursue your wife. Love her.
You've been listening to Bread for the Broken with Pastor James Grizzle. Pastor James is going through the New Testament letter written by the Apostle Peter. 1 Peter is a book full of empowering statements made from someone who knew firsthand what it was like to believe in Jesus and to face enemies of all kinds. Much of Peter's message is reminding us that although we might face fiery trials, in the end, God will lift us up for being faithful to him. Once again, Peter knew what it was like to suffer. He himself had once denied that he even knew Jesus. Surely there was a turmoil within him during those hours of denial. But he went on to be a spiritual pillar as the Christian church was birthed. We trust that as you're listening to these messages from 1 Peter, that you're being strengthened in your own walk and faith with the Lord. Bread for the Broken is a ministry out of Calvary Galveston in Galveston, Texas. We're a group of people of all ages, coming together to magnify Jesus and find hope and new life in Him. We'd love to have you come join us for a Sunday morning service, or we have a Thursday evening service too. You can find out more on our website, breadforthebroken.com. While you're there, if the Spirit leads you, there's a link to where you can support this ministry in a financial way. We're grateful for any support as we strive to spread the light of the gospel in a dark world. Well, that's all the time that we have for today, but we'll be back again next time in the book of 1 Peter. Pastor James is looking forward to sharing more with you here on Bread for the Broken. Let me paint the picture of you.